0: Welcome aboard, folks. This is Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record on Radio Nope. Hey, it's Tuesday night. Tuesday. I know that it's just not. It's just not measuring up, is it? Because, um, wow, what a weekend. I mean, just ugh. <laughs> hopefully you had stuff that you had stuff going on in your life. That was good. Cause this was a bummer, man. And I, I'm, I, I will, I will address that later on. What I'm doing tonight is I'm playing music from 1978. Why? Cause 1978 was like there to, to my mind. So I've done, I've done it. 1980. I've done 1981. Um, and to my mind, there's like four years that are just amazing. They're unbelievably great on every level for pop music. And and, and by that pop music, I mean everything. Um, rock and roll, pop, country, uh, soul, disco, funk, everything. It was just phenomenal. Um, and 78, well, I'm just going to let kind of the music speak for itself, maybe. Um, and hopefully, you'll be on board and enjoy. This is The Public Record. I'm Joe Public, and I would like you to let me entertain you. So that song, that song is just like kind of my war, one of my warm blanket songs. I love the original Thin Lizzy version. I really, really dig it. And and I had a, a band that like 70s rock arena rock tribute band that used to play um, the do the, the Thin Lizzy version, which is which is faster. But I was constantly just like begging the guys in the band. Can we do the Gary Moore version? And and I like played it for him, and they just, they, just, they just didn't embrace it, so we never did it. But there's a great clip on YouTube that's uh, from some like uh, ITV or or you know some other British TV music show where it's Gary Moore and it's live, and the band is incredible. It's it's Gary Moore and. Um, uh, Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy, Phil Linet, cozy freaking Powell, and then I think Don Airy is, um, it's, I think it's Don Airy's that's playing keyboards and they do, uh, don't believe a word. And, um, one of the more incredible things on, uh, in that clip is Gary Moore breaks a string, right? And, that's like, you know, if I'm a guitar player, and if I break a string in the middle of a song where I've got a solo, uh, I might be in trouble. In fact, I know I'm in trouble. That dude was so good. The only way I knew he broke a string was when I saw like a higher resolution version of the video and somebody pointed it out to me because he does not miss a note. He knew that. Um, one of my friends used to call uh, Michael Schenker from UFO and Michael Schenker group Scorpions used to call him the German Eddie Van Halen. I think Gary Moore was like the Irish Eddie Van Halen dude was amazing. Um, and y- yeah, just yeah, go YouTube out on Gary Moore playing guitar. If you like watching people play the guitar better than almost everybody. Um, and if you catch the clip where, you know, his pal Phil Lynott happens to be hanging with him and singing, you know, it's kind of golden. Um, okay. So speaking of Michael Shanker, before that was UFO with only you can rock me, um, which, you know, again, here we go. Amazing, incredible guitar players. Um, black Sabbath before that would never say die. Wait a minute. What did I just do there? And queen started us off with, let me entertain you. Hey, four of the greatest guitar players who ever walked the earth in one set. I didn't really plan it that way, but it happened. That's kind of cool. I'm Joe Public. I'm doing 1978 for Yeah here on the public record tonight. Um, you know, because somebody asked, like, why are you doing all this stuff that's going back in time? And I'm like, because the present day sucks ass. Have you not noticed? He says, gesturing wildly about him at everything. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's go be back in 1978. This is by request from my friend Jenny. This is Bob Seger. You
1: always won every time he plays
2: Let's go in. So it goes But it's going nowhere
0: funny, it's like with most songs I struggle a little bit with um the ending. Like knowing, oh wait, how does this song end? Not a Cheap Trick songs, no. I have listened to all of them a gazillion times. I know exactly how they end. <laughs> Maybe that's why I favor them so much as a DJ. Ah it's Stiff Competition from the Heaven Tonight album, which came out in nineteen seventy eight. Um Cheap Trick had a really, really interesting uh kinda history. Um in terms of album releases. And it's, it's very illustrative of how different um, the music business is today or, or has been for actually even the last 20 to 25 years compared to how it was back in the late seventies and the early eighties. Um, Cheap Trick released their first album in 1977. They also released their second album in 1977 and, um, and then their third album came out in 1978. So that's three albums in the span of, Two years. And they had another one in the can in 1978. They had re- actually recorded the Dream Police album, um, and it was delayed because of the release of the Live at Budokan record, which was never supposed to be released in the United States. And most Cheap, most cheap Trick fans know that story. They know that the Budokan record was recorded specifically for the Japanese market and it was never intended to be released in the U.S. And uh, somebody got a hold of a copy, um, and a DJ played um, "I Want" you, the version of I Want You to Want Me from that record, and it became a hit. And um, Epic Records, their label, like rushed it into release in the States and delayed the release of Dream Police, which ultimately led to Tom Peterson leaving the band because uh, they, they toured before Dream Police had come out, for like two years and and then uh and then it came out and they and in that time touring on for for dream police they had already recorded the follow-up which was um uh, a record called all shook up with george martin and apparently the recording was not pleasant for tom and so he'd had enough and quit um it's not the dumbest thing anybody's ever done in a rock band, but it's it's on the list. It's definitely on the list because um, you know he came and and it was dumb for the band too to let him go. They should have figured out a way to 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 deal with his issues. Um, but I could I could talk at length about drama in Cheap Trick. Um, but I I will spare you. Before that, Nick Lowe with So It Goes, which. If you were somebody who grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and you're around my age and you're familiar with a little radio station called KQAK, The Quake, that was the very first song that The Quake ever played. Um, the DJ was Rick Stewart and he got the honor of playing their first song And uh, when they switched the transmitter on and that's the song he played. He also got the honor of being the final DJ on the air when they signed off for good a few years later and that was the last song they ever played so there you go a little bit of trivia i try and work that song into any of my djing somewhere along the line because it's a cool song but also because history and stuff patty smith with uh because the night um somebody talked me into uh watching rock and roll hall of fame like i think i think it was 25th or 30th anniversary concert thing Um, That happened to be on cable was being rebroadcast or something like that. And one of my friends said, Hey, you should watch this. And I I tuned in and I got all choked up when uh, Bruce Springsteen and Patti Smith came out and sang because the night it was, it was killer. Honestly, it was killer. There were a lot of moments actually in that concert that that surprised the hell out of me, and in, in, in terms of how they affected me emotionally, but it could have had something to do with with like just being locked in my house in quarantine and and, and that kind of nonsense too. Um, started off with a request: Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band with "Still the Same." Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I played that one. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for the request. I appreciate it. I had actually had Bob Seger in the queue, but that wasn't the song. So, and that was a better choice. So one of the oddball things that happened in 1978 has to do with Kiss. Kiss, in 1978, Kiss got way too big for their britches. Like they released way too much material. Just an entire... Crap ton of stuff, and they should have backed off. And they and they they really overdid it. One of the things they did in 1978 was release the solo albums. So each member of Kiss released a solo album. I'm gonna spare you anything from Peter Chris's solo album because truly it is a miserable, miserable piece of garbage. And and I remember as a kid, so. The only one of the four records that actually did well was Ace Frehley's, for really obvious reasons. It's an, it's it's not just surprisingly good; it's actually solid record beginning to end. Like there's no bad songs on there, and it, and it's a good record, and um, it, it it it's I think shocked everybody. No no pun intended, um, but. What people didn't realize, I guess people mostly didn't realize, was was there was a period of time where Ace was actually the main songwriter in Kiss. Like he, they, their first album, their debut album, and um, their third album, *Rest to Kill*, are just loaded with songs that 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 dude wrote. And so he was he was fine with putting together a record once he was confident that he could sing on it. Um, but. It's the most KISS-like of all of the solo records, and so that's why um I think it was successful, is because the fans got what they were expecting out of it. Whereas Paul kind of, you know, he tried some things. His record still kind of sounds like his songs from KISS Records, but he tried some stuff, and then Gene went batty, <laughs> which, which I'll play for you. Um uh, and and Peter just went Hey, I'm going to make a country record I'm going to make a record that sounds like this stuff That Rod Stewart thought sucked And wasn't good enough for his last record And it's just bad It's bad Bad, 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 bad So, um, yeah <laughs> I'll talk more about it But what I want to do now I want to actually start I'm going to start with Paul Stanley And this is the best song on his solo record And it's not bad like it would have made a pretty good kiss song so here you go this is paul stanley with move on That's enough Kiss like stuff for one night. Probably. Um, that was Strutter seventy eight. So for those that don't know, the story, um, like I was saying earlier, KISS just like totally over they over released, they oversaturated the marketplace in nineteen seventy eight. And uh one of the ways they did that was with the double platinum album. And um which is which was a nice nifty collection if you were trying to get caught up. Like you didn't want to buy their old records. It was it was like a greatest hits collection, but not because basically all their hits were songs that were on their live record at that point. That and Beth. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they packaged all this stuff together, and then they re-recorded Strutter from which is on their debut record, and it's it's different. It's different enough to to like justify the re-recording. Um, Although it seems like Paul sings it exactly the same, which that's his weird talent. Like he can just like have the same level of excitement all the time. There's a, there's a clip that was making the rounds a couple of years ago. It's an edit of all his stage banter from several years worth of concerts. And it's just, it's like two hours of just Paul Stanley being,
1: all right, are you ready to party?
0: It's just, it's, I, I hate to admit, I actually sat and listened to like all two hours of it one time just because, just because I think I was doing data entry for work and I like put it on my headphones and I just was giggling through the entire exercise, the whole data entry exercise. So it served its purpose. There we go. Um, so before Strutter, 78 was Ace Fraley's cover of New York Groove. And yeah, that is a cover song. And my brain, I'm having a brain fart about who the original artist is right now. I'll 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 I'll, I'll catch up with you maybe later on that one. I'll I'll duck I'll duck it. Um, Gene Simmons with "When You Wish Upon a Star" it truly is the best song on that album. That's so sad. Um, but like I said in the chat, it did totally telegraphed the, in his mind what Gene Simmons always saw himself to be. He was the Walt Disney of rock and roll. Um, And he was peddling cartoon fantasies for children. That was his deal. Yep. Kiss was the band that your parents were upset that you were a fan of them, but it was easily the most safe thing you could be a fan of as a kid um, and also feel like you were being edgy and dangerous because it was not that at all. I mean, lots of innuendo in the lyrics, but that's rock and roll. Um, before Gene we had Paul Stanley with Move On um, which oddly enough that song sounds exactly like the title (laughs) to me, it just does anyway, I'm Joe Public, we're doing 1978 here on the public record and um, I have a request that I'm going to get to Um, and uh, this is from a record I lo- I've always loved the title of this album it's more songs about buildings and food I just I remember as a kid like seeing that and going are all these songs about buildings and food so here we go this is the big country by talking head <laughs> Say Yes, that's Devo. I, you know, any opportunity I get to play Devo, I'm going to take it. And uh, that's from their debut. Well, their their full-length debut, uh, Are We Not Men, Come Back Johnny. There's a whole bunch of songs I could have played from that record. A whole bunch. I picked that one. So there you go. Before that, a song that's so there are certain songs that are so associated with scenes in movies. It's ridiculous. Like, um, stuck in the middle is by the George Baker selection. It's totally, no stuck in the middle. It's, it's reservoir dogs. It's if you don't think of a dude getting his ear cut off of his head while doused in gasoline by a psychopath in a suit. When you hear that song, you haven't seen the movie. I mean, honestly, it's like if you've seen that movie, you hear that song and you see that scene in your head and the cars moving in stereo is like that, too. If you've seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you're probably thinking about the scene where Brad is in the bathroom and Linda, he's fantasizing and he's doing a thing. And if you're paying attention to what was going on over the weekend on the socials media, um, this whole group of actors and actresses got together and they did a virtual table read of the script of Fast Times at Rudemont High. And awkward. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston was Linda and Brad Pitt was Brad. And, and if you haven't seen it, I truly commend to you that you need to go find a clip of this because there is a brilliant bit in there Where Julia Roberts, who is also participating, realizes what scene they're about to do and loses it. And it's hysterical. It's because she knows. Like, everybody knows. Everybody knows the history. Brad and, and Jennifer. Right? Everybody knows. Right? Anyway, it was hilarious. And, and and they did it for, for like charity, and they collect money for a good cause. So you know, fantastic for them. Um, also, Brad Pitt looks hella weird these days. Just saying, you know, to any any women out there who are having a a a COVID moment where they're they can't get to their um self care as they call it on the interwebs um, that they're used to um, realize that neither can Brad Pitt. And he kind of looks like, um, he kind of looks like Jeff Bridges from The Big Lebowski a little, although fitter than that. But, yeah, that's what I'm going with. He looks like the Brad Lebowski. (laughs) Anyway, before the Cars, I played uh, DIY by Peter Gabriel, by request, and also the Talking Heads with The Big Country, also by request. On the Public Record, I'm Joe Public, Ah, how does this happen like I end up and like I'm I get 45 minutes left
1: ah, I gotta play music Wah, I'm running out of time
0: um so you know okay I realized I'm like I looked over my playlist from the last like three shows and I'm, I'm like seriously lacking on the non the the not white bread artists um I used to be really good about that about mixing it up and I haven't been lately and I don't know why and I'm gonna fix that right now here we go on the public record.
1: Let's dance, let's shout, shout, shake your body down to the ground. Let's dance, let's show, shout, shake your body down to the ground. Let's dance, let's shout, shake your body down to the ground. Let's dance, let's shout, shake your body down to the ground. Do doubly hard to get, cause you do know that I want you. You walk around this town with your head on a sky. and you do know that I want you. Let's dance, let's shout, shout, shake your body down to the ground. Let's dance, let's shout, shake your body down to the ground. Let's dance. let's shout, shake your body down to. The to get closer to your soul And you do know that I want you.
0: commented the lesser gib andy with shadow dancing before that parliament by request flashlight chic i want your love and the jackson 5 with the last truly great jackson 5 song shake your body down to the ground ah you're listening to the public record i'm joe public and uh where does the time go how does it that's a good sign honestly i'm i have done air shifts in in my long time of DJing, I have done air shifts that have felt like they went on forever. I used to do a four-hour... Like, at some point, I thought, oh, I know, I want the 10 to 2 a.m. shift on uh, my college radio station. Number one, the three people who were listening called me constantly, um, and I felt like... I felt like their agony aunt. Like... Go out, <laughs> find some people, or come volunteer at the radio station, because clearly we need insomniac idiots to come and do radio shows from 10 to 2. But um, I can remember air shifts. I can remember doing those four-hour shifts that just felt like it was an entire day. When I signed off, I was so exhausted I couldn't sleep. So there. we so much fun <laughs> but this one's flying by so that's good because that means I'm enjoying the music and I'm enjoying the chat and'm I'm, I'm enjoying I mean I'm, I'm enjoying things and that's good because oh my god the world is just on fire <laughs> it's just on fire I've said this before and except I said it's the house was on fire but the house isn't on fire the actual world is on fire and I'm I'm exhausted by it I'm exhausted. That's what I am. Exhaustipated by it. So I look forward to these the Tuesday night frolics, musical frolics with y'all. Um, so I appreciate you tuning in and um, you know, I don't know what else to say uh, without getting too verklempt um, other than vote, damn it. Um, you know what's funny though? Facebook can fucking stop telling me to, to register to vote, alright? Why isn't there a button programming wizards Um, who can do everything except filter out hate speech and white supremacists. Um, why isn't there a button I can click that says, I did it already. Leave me alone. Uh. uh, Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Um, I got a request for the Stranglers and, uh you know, I played it not that long ago, that particular song, and there's a lot of really great Strangler songs, and there's this one Strangler's record that's the lesser known of their albums that were released in 1978. This is another case where, like, a band made two albums in one year. Um, The Strangler's recorded uh, No More Heroes, released and recorded No More Heroes, um, and also Black and White. LP, which is a fantastic record which features this song on the public record. sorry. I'm not ashamed of it. Sting is a piece of crap and I hate him, but I love the police. (laughs) Actually, it's funny. I follow, um, online on, uh, one of the like famous folk I follow online is Stuart Copeland, whose, um, social media content is just brilliant and fun and really positive and awesome. And I encourage you to go seek him out. Um, also I want to know what, Painting he has in his attic, because oh my god, the guy! I mean, he's got gray hair, but he still just looks like Stuart Copeland. It's amazing. Uh, Must be clean living, although I somehow doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, before that, the Rosillos with Destination Venus, Elvis Costello and the Attractions with the Beat, and to start us off, the Stranglers with Tank. I can drive my very own tank. I want my very own tank, actually um my uh, my spouse, my wife, was uh, talking the other day about how um, she would feel a lot more comfortable driving around where we live if she had a tank. So we're looking into it let's let's just say that okay i'm an, I'm real close to the end here. Um, I got like one more song to play, and it's it's fiendishly appropriate as a last song to play. Um, and and let me just detail to you that, um, yes, this song does in fact carry a special place in my heart as do all of my listeners. Oddly enough. Uh, unless you're voting for Trump in which you should die. Um, anyway, okay. I will see you next Tuesday. Hmm. Um, at which time, I will gladly pay you for the hamburgers. <laughs> I don't know where that, why that popped into my head. Anyway, I've been Joe Public. I will continue to be Joe Public. This will continue to be the public record, and we will see you here again next week. So, it's time for the last dance. Good night, folks. Be well. Take care of yourself. Be safe.